0: So good to see you this morning. You can grab a seat. I'm going to preach real quick. How great was that worship? How great was that offering message? Surely this is the house of God. Surely this is the dwelling place of the mighty one. Surely God is in in this house and in this church. And We had this prayer meeting down here this morning and it was really great. And uh, Ryan Gerber, are you in the room? There he is serving. Um, We're all here because of you. You put out the call and you think, what am I doing here? I think this morning is what you're doing here. Bringing a new wine, new day. Revival doesn't start out there. Revival starts in these four walls, in these four walls of humanity Men praying, worshipping, crying out, seeking the face of God. God wants to encourage you this morning. He who sees what is done in secret is faithful. And God sees it and he wants you to know that what took place this morning was because of you. Your faithfulness, your diligence, you put the call out, you put the call out on faith. And it came alive, man. So good. So uh, you're welcome. It's not exclusive you're welcome to join us, but you've got to turn up with some spiritual grit. Ryan Gerber just presses play at seven o'clock and we presses stop at eight, and it's just praying and seeking in between. But anyway, I've just got, we're in this new wine thing, and, and God truly is doing something great in the earth and great in Aotearoa and, and great in Topo and great in your life, and He is not doing anything in uh, reaction. He is not a reactionary creature. He is God who sits above all time, seeing beginning to end. He is not reacting. God has had something in store for a very long time for this season on earth and in your life. And it is new wine for a new wineskin. So we're going to preach and, and look a little bit this morning about preparing the wineskin for that which God has already prepared. God said, if we do, He will. All through the Bible, if we do, He will. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, I will heal their land. If my people will return to me and rend their hearts and not my garment, I will pour out, I will send new grain and new wine and my spirit. If you seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, all these things shall be added unto you. And if we do, God will. I'm tell, if you prepare the wineskin, God will fill it. If you, if you do, if you get on your knees, if you pray, if you say, God, create within me. Lord, like the, the psalmist wrote King David when he was caught out for being a, an adulterer and a murderer. He said, God, create in me a steadfast spirit. Create in me a new heart. Create a new... The old wineskin has let me down. The old wineskin has led me astray. The old wineskin has got me somewhere I never should have got. The wineskin of my thoughts, the wineskin of my motives, the wineskin of my desires, the wineskin of my loneliness has led me to this place where I've committed terrible wrongs. Lord God, create in me a pure heart. Restore unto me a steadfast spirit. Do not cast your presence from me. That was his prayer. Lord, renew the wineskin and give back to me that, restore unto me that which is my heart's desire, is the Spirit of God, is the wine. And so we're going to Uh, Look at Matthew seven quickly this morning, and this is um, out of the first sermon that Jesus ever preached. And I was thinking about Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, as Jesus ascended up on this hill and preached the first message to his disciples and to the masses that had come to hear him. And I see Jesus standing on top of this mountain, looking through a kaleidoscope, and the image that is formed is the image of a temple. Its rules and its regulations, its sacrifices, its observances. Observance—it's—it's it's following rules and rituals and regulations—and this kaleidoscope in Jesus's hand is then twisted, and as he twists, it twists this kaleidoscope. There's a great cracking and a great breaking and a great transformation, and that which was once a temple, which once signified rules, rituals, regulations, observances, and and flesh outworked. Uh, uh, righteousness, he, he twists it and it cracks and it forms and it's transformed into the image of a human heart. And Jesus looks back into the, fu- into the past and then to look forward into the future. And the Sermon on the Mount is a great transaction point where God will no longer encounter people through observation, through ritual, through following of strict policy, but God will now encounter people through their heart. But the beauty of a kaleidoscope is it doesn't throw it away and create a new image. It takes the image that is there and transforms it into the next image. And Jesus Christ took all that had happened, all that had been before him, and in his hands he twists it and he reshapes it and he transforms it into this new image going forward that the place of encounter, the place of new wine, the place of worship, the place of revival and renewal is found in the temple of humanity, in the dark place. Of, of our human bodies in our hearts and Jesus with this with this the sermon on the mountain filled with multiple illustrations and re, re-corrections is, is, is twisting the kaleidoscope of everything that has come to pass and with everything it'd been and his wisdom and his grace and in his hands, he reshapes the place of encounter. He reshapes the place of engagement. He reshapes the place of, of transaction with God from no longer having to be uh, the the temple, the altar, the sacrifice, the blood, but to that place of in the core of humanity is where Christ wants to meet with us and he he preaches this message in Matthew 7 verse 7, he says ask, seek and knock ask it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door shall be opened and and he says who of you, even though you are wicked parents, know how to Give good gifts to your, to your children when they ask, who will, when your children ask for bread, who will give them a stone? Or when your children ask for a fish, will give them a, a snake? Even though you are wicked people and you know how to do good by your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? He's reshaping, he's recreating, he's reshowing us what the heart of God is like and it is good. It is not an unruly taskmaster expecting great return for little investment. But God is the God who is a good God and a gracious God who is slow to anger, who is abounding in love and who wants to meet with you in the heart of your life. And he says, and then he goes on to say, all of the law, he says, therefore, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, for in doing so, this is the fulfillment of everything that has been, it is the, it is the outworking of it. If you simply do unto others as you would have them do unto you, you are fulfilling the entire law and all of the prophets. He's reshaping. It's no longer observation. It's no longer keeping score. It's no longer behavior management. It is encounter with Jesus Christ. And upon that encounter with the goodness of God, upon the revelation of the, the character and the nature of who God is, as Christ twists the kaleidoscope and takes that which was and reshapes it into that which is to come. He is inviting us into the. this. This heartfelt relationship where he pours his spirit into our lives and he's shaping in us in this season new wineskins for that which he has already got in store. Because what child, if they ask for something good, will be given something bad? And if we ask God, if we inquire of God, if we seek God, surely we will find him. And surely we will find the goodness of who God is. Those who hunger... And thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled with righteousness, with goodness, not with something else. And God meets the appetite that we have in ourselves for Him. And what are we hungry for this morning? What are we filling up on this morning? How much news do you watch? How much social media do you watch? How many conspiracy theories right now could you watch? You could watch them round the clock, all day, every day. God is saying, hunger and thirst for me. Hunger and thirst for the new wine that I am going to pour out in my church and in your life. When When the Scripture was written and recorded, to ask and seek and to knock, the implication of it is it's an ongoing work of the believer's life. It is, a, it is a commitment to a walk and a lifestyle of prayer. It is not a singular action, or oh, I asked and I seeked and I knocked. No, no, it is ask and keep asking, seek and keep seeking, knock and keep knocking. Believe it or not, God has more than one front door. His house is more than one window. In fact, Jesus said, oh, I have a house and it's many rooms. I'm preparing for you a place with my father, and my father's house has many rooms. It has a living room, a sitting room, an entertainment room, a bathroom, a kitchen room, a laundry room, a bedroom, and a bedroom. And every room is a new room of encounter. Every room is a new place of exchange and encounter with God. So he says you've got to seek and keep seeking because you cannot exhaust who God is. And you've got to knock and keep knocking because there's a new door that God wants to open for you to to walk through. You've got to ask and keep asking because there's revelation upon revelation to have. And every revelation of the past is the doorway to the revelation of the future. Every encounter that has got you here is, is part of making up that which is to come we don't camp in the wilderness we keep on going we 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 don't live in the in that place God has got new promises for us he took his people out of the slavery through the wilderness to get to the promises there's doorways and revelations and encounters that God as we keep asking and as we keep seeking and as we keep knocking we will keep finding him We can't um, allow ourselves to get boxed up in that which was. When Jesus stood on the mountain and preached that message, he broke the box. The box of religious thinking, the box of religious observation, the box of who could be called gods. The box that it was only these people that could enter God's kingdom and dwell in his presence. He broke the box and said, whoever is thirsty, let them come. Whoever is lost, whoever is wary, and he made the message for the whoever. And the message this morning is for the whoever, not for the elite, not for the, I've got my life all sorted, not for the, I've, I've got all this, but the whoever may hear, let them hear. Whoever may come, let them come. Whoever is hungry, let them eat. Whoever is thirsty, let them drink. He took out names and put in whoever's. So that whoever reads the Bible will find their truth in it, will find Jesus Christ in it. And we called to this walk of prayer. We're called to this lifestyle of transformation with Jesus Christ. We did lots of walks during COVID. And some of those walks we talked. Some of those walks we disciplined the children. Some of those walks we said very little. Some of those walks was like disaster intervention as children were leaving footpaths onto roads or cutting in front of cyclists. And what God has encouraged, encouraging us here is prayer is the secret place, but prayer is also every other place. Prayer is your lunchroom. Prayer is your job site. Prayer is your classroom. Prayer is your boardroom. Prayer is your office. Prayer is your your lounge room. And, and I think people beat themselves up because I don't have a prayer life. It's I don't have this, this one moment in my day where I'm just caught up into the seventh heaven and, you know, I'm seeing angels and That doesn't happen, just so you know, your pastor's not having that moment either. I, (laughs) I have moments of it, but it's not every day where I'm having this euphoric moment with Jesus Christ, but what the Scripture is reminding us is we're called to a a walk of prayer through life, where day by day we're inquiring of Jesus Christ. We're we're allowing Him to shape in us a new wineskin all the time. It's not, well, on Sunday if He does or doesn't do it, or in this little moment in the morning or the evening, that's God's window of opportunity, that our entire life is a window of opportunity for Jesus Christ to speak to us and continue the transformational work in us which is shaping in us a new wine skin because he said I will pour out new wine but he said I won't pour it into an old skin because it'll burst so the new wine's good is the skin ready is the question this morning is our lives, are our hearts postured before God to receive that which He has for us? Or are they closed off? When I was young, we used to go uh, in Whangarei to the Olympic pools. We never had the Olympics, um, but it was nonetheless the Olympic pools. And and there was the indoor pool, which was big, and it was heated, and it burnt your eyes of chlorine, and then there's the outdoor pools, and there was the little kiddies pool that they used to splash around in, and there was like a, a, a waist deep pool that you could swim in, and then there was the big um, like Olympic swimming pool, which was maybe neck deep, uh, and then there was the diving bo- the diving pool, and it was like deep. It was it was, re- and every time we went to the pools, we were um, we were. <laughs> it's like, staring at the face of Jesus. It's, um, it was like, is the diving, po- is the diving pool going to be open? Is the diving pool going to be open? Is the diving pool going to be open? And it was never open. It was always closed. And we're like, why do you even have this diving pool? It's just always, always closed. And we're swimming in these other pools, but all we wanted to do was really swim in the diving pool. We wanted to bomb off the, there was like the diving board, there was the diving board, then there was like the platform, We just wanted to jump. We just wanted to bomb off this platform into this deep pool. And, uh, you know, faith is based in experience and encounter. Faith is not based in knowledge and intellect. And the place of encounter is your heart. Like we encounter the miraculous around our lives. You may have been healed physically in your body. You may have had God intervene miraculously in circumstances, financially, financially circumstantially, whatever it looks like, that is the manifest, manifestation, I believe, of God. The encounter of God is the human heart, the place of encounter. So the place where faith is built is in not what God is doing for us, but it is what God is doing in us, is the place of encounter and transformation. That, this, your human heart is the encounter factory. It is the hub that your humanity needs to spin on. And Jesus Christ is the one who balances it. Brings harmony to it. If you've ever driven a car with an unbalanced wheel, it's, you know, it's, it, it, it vibrates and wobbles. And some of our lives get like that, not because of the external climate, because of the internal climate. And faith is based in encounter. To know God is not to know Him through intelligence, it's to know Him through experience. Because He is a real and a living God. He is not fashioned by the hands of man, man was fashioned by the hands of God. God was not made in our image, we were made in God's image. God pre-exists our idea of who He is. He always has and He always will be. And the place of encounter, the place where a faith is built is in our hearts. When we allow Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, to walk through the door of our hearts and sit down in our lives on the throne of our hearts, He said of the increase of His government, there shall be no end. That He is the Prince of Peace. And princes sit on thrones. And your heart has a throne. And who's sitting on it this morning? Is it the prince of the world, the prince of finance, the prince of insecurity, the prince of confusion, the prince of comparison? Or is it the prince of peace? And when peace rules and reigns, harmony rules and reigns. Of the increase of his government, there will be no end. And when we allow the Prince of Peace to sit on the throne of our hearts, that is where faith is born. Because we once were something and now we are something else, not because of what we've done, but because of who Jesus Christ is. And I've tasted and I've seen and now I know that the Lord is good. And so what Jesus is doing here is he's showing us a new way in this this message of this Sermon on the Mount, is he's like it's it's not about encountering God with these outward works, that is just the byproduct now of an encounter with Jesus Christ. That the nat- like some said, the natural thing to do with an encounter of with Jesus is just to do what Jesus would do and value what Jesus values. So he says, "Do unto others as you, as you would have do unto do unto others as you would have them do unto you." As we encounter Jesus Christ in our hearts, that is the enabler of us walking in the f- the f- fulfillment of the law and of the prophets. The world is in uproar over Black Lives Matters, rightfully so. What Jesus is saying do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In doing so, you're fulfilling all of the law and all of the prophets. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, not as they have done unto you, not do unto others as they did do unto you. How do you do that? How do you need Jesus Christ to encounter your heart because otherwise we do what has been done to us? I was hurt, so I hurt others. I was neglected, so I neglected. I was abused, so I abused others. And then we encounter Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, and our kaleidoscope is twisted. Our life is reworked. Our hearts are reborn. And now it's no longer, I'm I'm no longer doing what was done to me. I'm able to do what I what. Others would have done unto themselves or do unto others as you would have them do unto yourself. And through this place of encounter as we, you know, when we got shallow faith because we only let Jesus in the shallow pool. We've got shallow faith because Jesus has come to the Whangarei Olympic pools complex of our lives and all the pools are closed except the kiddies pool. And we can say, you know, Jesus, on a Sunday you can splash around in there and we can kick a little bit of water around and, and laugh, but if if that is the if that is the pool of our encounter, it's shallow. And Jesus is saying this morning, he's like, I want, I want, I want the diving pool to be opened. I want to dive in to the deep places of your heart. I want to dive and give you a deep encounter and a deep revelation and a a, a deep uh, moment with me so that your faith is going to be deeply rooted, not in, in knowledge and in messages and, 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 and internet fads, but, but your knowledge and your faith is going to be founded on a deep encounter with me because you've, you've led him into the deep places of your heart. Deep calls unto deep, and he's saying, oh, I don't, I don't want to come. He's, it's all good. He'll splash in the in the pool with you, and you'll have a great time. And he and he's all good with it, but he's encouraging you and inviting you this morning. There's a there's a new depth to go to, there's a fresh encounter to have. There's let me reshape the wineskin of your heart that you can then carry into the earth the new wine that I have for you. Open the diving pool. And we're like, Jesus, there's stuff. Down in the bottom there, and I don't want it stirred up. Someone's gonna stir it up sooner or later. Someone's gonna say something. Someone's gonna, someone is gonna jump in your diving pool sooner or later. Maybe your wife will jump in there when she says something to you. Maybe your husband will jump in there. Maybe a friend, maybe some stranger will do something and your diving pool, that's all nice and all manicured and all, someone is going to jump in there at some stage and just blow it all up. So why not let it be Jesus because he's got the one not just to blow it up but tidy it up and heal it up and fix it up and restore it up and and maybe that that thing that you feel like is going to blow up and you needs to blow up so Jesus can then filter it out of your life it's just sitting as sediment in the bottom of your heart and sediment suffocates life because it stops aquatic plants from absorbing oxygen and nutrients out of the environment thank you Abraham and you may think it's all good the water's cleared but really there's sediment sitting at the bottom I've I've given it time and the and and it's it's calmed down. I gathered it back together. I got myself back together, and the, the dust has settled, right? But it's it's just suffocating you. It's still there, and it's silt. It's silt built up that destroys rivers, even clear rivers, when silt settles and builds up over aquatic plants. They are suffocated, even though they can be in beautiful water, there's a barrier, there's a layer that is separating them from the life giver. Jesus is the life giver. You gotta be you gotta trust them, church. I'm telling you this. You can like he said, what child, even though you were nasty parents, and if they ask for something, you give them. How much more will God in heaven give to you, those who, how much more will you find God when you seek, when you ask, when you not, when you say, God help me, God intervene, God revive me, how much more, if if you know how to do it as earthly parents, how much more will the heavenly Father know how to do it? This is, I'm telling you this, God is good, and he He doesn't want to stir it up, just, For the sake of stirring it up, he wants to filter those things out of your life. New wineskin, new wine.